Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chris Pinto. With me tonight, we got a full house, guys. The Avengers have assembled back together. We've got Dan, Tom, Zach, Houston, Ryan. Man, it's great to have all y'all back. How are y'all doing, guys? Great. Glad to finally be back. Two week hiatus for me, so I might be a little bit rusty tonight. Yeah, Dan, you came back with your own show today too, right? Yeah, I did. I the full full slate coming back this week. Awesome, awesome. Tom, how you doing, brother? I mean, I can't complain. It's Friday, right? So it's always a good time. Who's next? I'm I'm it's Friday. Weather's getting warmer. I mean, there's there's just not a whole lot to complain about. We're getting closer to football. Fingers crossed. You know, even if the weather wasn't getting warmer, I would know it's great outside because of Zach's banana shirt. It just gives it away. Like, you know we're all about to be on vacation. Color-coded and everything, man. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, how are we doing? It's getting hot in Texas. It's getting really hot in Texas. But it's nice. I mean, can't complain. We got the AC pumping down here, baby. That's, right. That's it. That's right. Houston, how are things up there laying that saw and doing that manual labor, man? I know it can't be fun. Yeah, it's not too bad. The weather has been too bad. You, you know, it's ninety high 90s earlier in the week, and it's cooled down. I'm just excited for uh, Father's Day week and here spend some time with my family. My father should be a good one, some nice weather. You mean man, there's, no, there's no frost in the ground in South Dakota? I thought there was frost in the ground all year long. No, there's not. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, man, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We got a special guest, Ernest Silva from Into the Lab podcast. Uh, I guest starred on his show last night and won the uh, trivia for Belly Up Football, uh, Belly Up Fantasy, sorry. I had no idea what I was doing. It was MLB trivia, and I watched The Sandlot, Rookie of the Year, and Major League to get all my stats, and I pulled it out at the very end and won it for us, guys. So that's fun. <laughs> He'll be on in a little bit. Uh, but tonight, guys, we're going to examine the NFC West, the fantasy relevant players on these rosters. Uh, there's been some big news that we're going to get into here pretty soon. I know Dan was chomping at the bit as soon as we saw that news break. Uh, he was on it, man. <laughs> uh, everyone who's at home, thank you for supporting us. Thanks for following us. Thanks for leaving us comments and asking us questions because that's why we're here. We want to help you guys win ships. Uh, but first... Before we get into everything, if you like our stream, go check out the rest of the bands, the Belly Up Fantasy Talk lineup, guys. It's great. We've got Last Minute to Play, Puck Puck Pass with our own Zach Mack and his banana shirt, Corner Booth Podcast, The Hard Court Honeys, Around for the Weekend, and A World Without Sports. Uh, Around for the Weekend debuted, and it was a good show on Friday, guys. Use the hashtag bust and see what you're missing out on. Uh, Tom. You and everyone else in Belly Up were talking about this when the news broke. Jamal Adams, he came out today and he even said it's time for a new place. 
There was a list of seven different teams that he could go to, one being my Houston Texans. Uh, that's a long shot. Bill O'Brien could trade like six first-round picks for him, so who knows, maybe Deshaun Watson. I don't know. left. <laughs> <laughs> Let everyone know what's been going on with Jamal Adams, man. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of tension between him and the Jets organization for a while now. It's been on and off. You know, there's talk about him getting traded in years prior. It seems like it's finally coming to a you know peak here where he's kind of had it with that organization. I don't blame him. I mean, the Jets have been run pretty terribly for a while, in my opinion. Um, but he did put out his list of uh, seven teams that he would be looking to get traded to. So we are looking at the Ravens. Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Seahawks. Uh, I mean, like you said, Texans don't seem like they have a whole lot of uh, trade bait left. Not really any draft picks left for the next seven years, I think, with Bill O'Brien there. Um, you know, Eagles, I know, don't have the cap space. Uh, you know, it's a lot of those teams don't seem like super realistic landing spots. I think that they might just kind of be ideal spots for him because they're competitive teams that's fair i mean look it's not realistic for him to get moved period because he wants to go to a contender number one but number two he's also like i want to be the highest paid defensive player once i get to your team on top of it which can't happen if you're going to a contender so they kind of cancel each other out look i'm not surprised by this we know the jets don't like to pay anybody i don't think anybody should be shocked by the fact that jamal Adams not getting anywhere near what he's asking for, and probably what he deserves. But if he truly wants to go to a contender, it has to be on a one-year rental. He's got to be doing it for the Super Bowl this year and then go hit the free agent market. Maybe that's actually his plan, but from what we've heard from his agent thus far, it is that he wants to get paid the second he gets traded. So those two things just can't really coexist at the moment. There's more likelihood this deal never happens than does. Well, Dan, I was reading something. I guess it came across my Twitter feed or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Jamal Adams still has some years with the Jets on his contract. Two years. Uh, I be- two years. And I believe the the GM or the owner of the Jets said, we're going to make Jamal Adams a Jet for life and tag him. Um, I don't know if that was true or not. I need to check my source on that. But that just came into my head when you were talking. I know you'd be the guy that could answer that off the top of your I mean, it's 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 an option. It's it's definitely an option at the end of that two years. I mean, they they have him. You could argue that they have him locked in for four years because they could, depending on if he holds out, they could also with the new CBA, they could they could transition tag him and then franchise tag him. They really with the new CBA, the way it's set up is that players cannot hold out. They really have almost next to zero leverage when it comes to contract negotiations. We're going to see that play out with Dalvin Cook. Uh, coming up real soon. So those are all things we kind of have to take in consideration, especially with this. So you're doing what you can do in the meantime. He knows he has his most value now, but I don't really have high hopes for him being able to move on for the Jets this year. Next year would be a more likely scenario, though. That's fair. Ryan, you want to add anything to that? No, I, I think that's right. I just – honestly, I've been so busy. I <laughs> the All that stuff kind of caught me off guard today, and I was too busy working on my 49ers to – Pay attention to anything else. That's fair. <laughs> Houston, you want to add anything to that, or do you want to move into something else, man? Yeah, I mean, I think any team he goes to, if he does get traded, he would be a great addition for their defense. Um, I One thing I find interesting is uh, maybe the Cowboys being able to trade Michael Gallup and a couple first-round picks for Jamal Adams. 
that gives the Jets another wide receiver, and then it also propels CD into the number two role. Maybe it's already his, but then he clear clot number two role if Gallup was gone. Um, you know, he, Adams probably wants to be the highest paid safety in the league, and he has the game that shows that he should be. It'll just be interesting to see what the Jets want to do going forward. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it is going to be pretty interesting to see what they do because there sounds like there's a lot of different options that could move forward with Jamal Adams. And I mean, he's great. I mean, he's a multi pro bowler. I mean, he's the dude. He's he's going to get the job done. So hopefully, you, yeah, Ryan, what's up? Would you trade CD Lamb instead of Gallup? Really? Because he hasn't really not. done anything yet. Like rookies are rookies. I mean, would you? Would you, Dan? What are your thoughts on this? I see that face up there. What's going on, man? I'm just saying Gallup has proven. Are we, are we talking about Eddie Lamb straight up for Jamal Adams? Is that what we're talking about, right? Rather yeah. than Gallup, like Houston was recommending, what if they moved Lamb instead? I mean, if they could have gone one for one, nothing else. If they could have gotten Jamal Adams at that pick, would they have taken him? I know the contract makes it complicated, but you already have your receivers. There's already rapport with Dak. Ceedee Lamb was a luxury pick. Wouldn't it make a little sense? I mean, are you going to be able to keep all three of those guys? No. Or how about Amari Cooper? Would you trade Amari Cooper? You're going to be able to keep all three of those guys for the next three years, though, because you still have Michael Gallup on his rookie contract deal, and C.D. Lamb will be on his rookie contract for so next what about five Cooper? years. Cooper's paid. He's got twenty million contract off the books for a contract on the books. You're, are you saying Cooper now? Because you're talking about C.D. Lamb. And- I'm saying moving all over the place. Yeah. Gallup. Gallup doesn't make as much sense to me considering he's already got production and the, the lower contract. Look, here, here's what it boils down to. They built this team. First of all, you're not other than Cooper, you're not paying the wide receivers. You built this team right now to be offense first, and you can't afford to have Jamal William or Jamal Adams, excuse me. And you're not going to be able to if you give up one of those wide receivers, you're defeating the whole purpose of what you set yourself up to be this offseason. So it would just it would just make no sense whatsoever. Especially with I'm not a huge Jarwin believer either. So that three headed monster receiver is really going to be a lot of their offense. Right. Dan, Plus, real quick Elliot. question from Facebook Live. Marco Ayala asked. Do you guys think that Dak should play under the tag or should he hold out? If they don't, obviously they're probably not going to get Jamal Adams. You think they pay Dak? I well, I have two answers for you on that one. Uh, do I think he should hold out? Yes, I think he should hold out. Will he hold out? No, I don't. I think every indication is that even if he has to play under the tag, that he will. Uh, but if I was him, no chance in hell. This is your this is your opportunity to get thirty eight to forty million dollars a year. There's no way I'm playing, especially if I'm Dak Prescott. Not a, not. A, <laughs> Uh, so now, I, so for him, but it doesn't seem like to be that doesn't seem to be the way he's going. He does seem like he wants to play on that franchise tag. So I don't think I think it's going to be a non-issue at the end of the day. Tom, being the Eagles fan up there, I know you had to mute yourself because you're probably cursing under your breath, man. What do you think? I'm not cursing. I hope he plays under it, and then he realizes that. He, well, no, actually, I, I hope he holds out and he gets paid. To be honest, I mean, the man isn't worth. Uh, he's not worth you know thirty dollars a year. So. I'd love to see him as an Eagles fan. I'd love to see him get paid, but in a realistic standpoint, he he should probably hold out if he wants to get paid. Ever, I think he's going to play under the tag, and I don't think he's going to play up to thirty five, forty million a year unless somehow Mahomes signs a fifty million dollar a year contract at the end of the season. Once Dak finishes out that franchise tag, and that bar is just raised for quarterbacks, I don't see him getting that money, regardless of how well he plays this year. I just don't see it happening. That's yeah. fair. There you go, Marco. Two different takes from two different kinds of guys. 
Houston. Let's go into some this or that, man. I've been itching to get a part into this. Uh, Dan wasn't a part of this, so you're going to have to explain to him what we're going to do with this. I don't think Tom was here either. We're, or, you know, Tom, you've been here, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we've been doing a little bit of this or that segment where I give two players uh, with similar ADPs, and then I have the guys choose one or the other. And I don't tell the guys beforehand where – uh, who I'm going to say, who, what players I'm going to pick. This week we're going to do a little something different. Um, I just want to – my current take, we see, we saw, you know, a great rookie class of wide receivers last year. Um, I just wanted – I wanted to talk with the crew here. Uh, who's everyone's favorite wide receiver going in their second year out of last year's rookie class? And I'll start with Ryan because I know, I know he has his answer. I'll let you <laughs> other guys kind of sit on it. But it's AJ Brown all day. AJ Brown is a monster. Actually, I think last year's receiving class is unreal. Like I want exposure to a lot of those guys. I like Metcalf. I love Slayton. I mean, Debo before this injury, I was high on him. Uh, McLaurin. There's, I'm sure I'm leaving people out. There's some beasts in this receiving class, but it's AJ Brown. I think I have him as wide receiver three out of everybody. So I, I'm very high on Brown. I can't disagree with that, but I am going to say Marquise Brown because I do believe that that guy is the next Tyreek Hill, legitimately. Not Henry Ruggs, who everybody wants to compare to Tyreek Hill. No, legitimately Marquise Brown is that guy because he has that lateral quickness in and out. We didn't see a healthy Marquise Brown, and still nobody could keep up with him when he was on the field. So that I, I love A.J. Brown. Don't get it twisted. I love D.K. Metcalf, but I'm going to go with Marquise Brown there because that's something we just don't see very often. I'm going to jump you know, in before one of these guys says something. We're going to talk about him tonight, so I'm not going to touch on him too much. An SEC beast, son. If you've seen this dude without a shirt on, you're like, ah, what is that? I mean, I'm just talking about DK Metcalf, guys. He's got like a 15-pack because I don't even know how to count all those abs. Dude is fast. Dude is big. He's in a good offense with Russell Wilson throwing him the ball. Pitt's getting did. a little excited here. <laughs> Did you see his 15-pack? <laughs> like It's like the Lego Batman. I have a ninth ab. Yeah, That's exactly what he is. He's Lego Batman on the field, man. He's got a bag of tricks. DK, DK Metcalf, Ole Miss, he's my breakout sophomore guy this year. I'm going right. to this, uh, and I'm just going to be quick because I have the Seahawks to talk about later in this episode, and you guys, I'm pretty sure at this point, know how much I love DK Metcalf, so – I'm going to side with Chris on that one. I mean, I know that we'll probably get into this, but honestly, I probably would have talked about Debo Samuel up until obviously the injury. now. (laughs) So uh, I know we'll get into that, but I mean, I think AJ Brown, you don't have a great second receiver to him in Tennessee. So he's going to be the guy. He's going to get most of the targets on that team. Between running back, aside from rushing the ball, running backs, tight ends, and receivers aren't really going to hold a flame to him in the receiving game. So, AJ Brown all day. That's fair, Houston. That was fun. This or that, man. Who's your a couple shameless plugs, real quick, while we're waiting for our guest, Ernest Silva. Uh, obviously, guys, there's been a lot of smack talk going on between all of us in our chats and everything like that. But everyone at home. Man, if you want to commemorate your league winner in the best possible way, there's no other company that 
in the business that does it better than Trophy Smack. They create trophies of all sizes of belts and rings in a variety of colors along with free engraving and free shipping. And now you can get a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or belt if you use the promo code BELLYUP. Guys, I'll repeat that. Use the code promo code BELLYUP. Uh, so click on our Trophy Smack link on our Twitter accounts, on our Facebook accounts, or just go to trophysmack.com and use the promo code BELLYUP for your order today. Uh, also, we got this thing. Dan will probably touch on it at some point because he knows a lot more about it than I do. I'm just going to do a shameless plug for him real quick. Prop me, guys. This app is awesome. Prop me is a new innovative gaming platform and really first of its kind. Prop me makes betting from person to person more easy than ever. Designed for new and experienced gamblers alike using straightforward prop bets that can literally be created on anything. If you want to bet on the next play, if you want to bet on bingo, bango, bongo, then create a prop for it. You want to create a bet on who's going to win the next game of beer pong, who's going to sink that island, who's going to make that double shot, then create a prop, guys. It takes hanging out with your friends to a whole new level. Join today and download the Prop Me app or go to PropMeLLC.com, guys. Bongo, little golf reference there. <laughs> Warren, Houston's got to give his second-year receiver. Oh. Yeah, you let him off the hook so quick. <laughs> yeah, then, you know, that's perfectly fine. Honestly, uh, if I don't want to double up here, but it would be Marquise Brown, so I'm going to go a little different direction here. And I'm thinking of a guy that's going to step into the wide receiver two role in the highest scoring pass, passing offense in the league and me, Cole Hardman. Mm. Um, he shows some bright spots in 2019. And, you know, I just – Sammy Watkins, besides week one, he basically was a disappearing act in 2019. Um, so I think me, Cole, will be able to step into that role whether he plays in, in the slot or slides outside and beats out Sammy Watkins. I mean – Sammy Watkins is like the third highest paid player on the Chiefs. It's ridiculous how much they pay him. And I w- I can see them wanting to develop Hardman more this year. And when you're playing with Patrick Mahomes, your stock's going to go up. That just That's what happens. So um, one thing I want to touch on, the reason why I asked that question is we saw six rookie wide receivers finish in the top 30 last year in fantasy, out of the fantasy wide receivers. Like Ryan said, great, great class of wide receivers. Um, I'm going to give a little over-under prop here for this year's rookie wide receivers. Um, Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, Rager. Um, and I'm going to set it at four and a half. So I want you guys, you know, think it over, take a little bit. Uh, over-under four and a half wide, rookie wide receivers to finish in the top 30 this upcoming season. Over. Three. Under. Going under. Under. I'm going under as well. There we go. Under. I'm going over all day. I just don't like some of those guys' uh, situations. Like Lamb. Lamb would have been an easy for an over if he hadn't gone with two guys that might finish top 30 as well. Personally, I'm looking at Jalen Rieger on the Eagles. It's going to be pretty much the number one receiver on the team, which volume-wise, as long as he stays healthy. And hey, has- Sean Jackson is still there, okay? <laughs> For two games. You're right. Um, and Alshon Jeffrey's still there for at least one and a half. He's going to miss the first six games anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, Jalen Rieger there. I'm looking at in um, Denver. 
you got two rookies there that have a chance. If one of them breaks out, you're going to have a big year. I think Drew Locke's up for a big year. And somebody else, like it, two other guys throughout the league are going to have a big season out of this huge rookie draft class for receivers. Pittman or Jefferson. Yeah, come on. It's the other ones up in Minnesota. You're taking over for Stephon Diggs. Uh, you know, opposite Adam Thielen. Thielen's obviously going to draw a lot of double teams up there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jefferson have a big one. That's three right there. Well, least. I mean, Dan can go back and forth with you on this about Justin Jefferson, but we've got some people that follow us that don't think he's going to catch like 10 balls. So let's not talk about Justin Jefferson. <laughs> we're not that again. That was ridiculous. That's okay. We love it all, though, people. Send us your comments. We'll go to bat with you, you know. Uh, we'll give you the stats and show you why you probably are wrong. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody got anything else to move on? We just we got we have a few more minutes before we're able to bring our guest on. Well, you know, Houston, I totally didn't even think about Miko Harbin, but for all the same reasons that Dan's high on Hollywood Brown, I would say Miko Harbin has the same kind of quickness ability, the Tyreek Hill level breakaway not only the breakaway speed but that agility to keep people on their like defenses he's going to be a problem especially when he's lining up across from Tyreek Hill good lord like two field stretchers two guys you can throw screens to uh I mean I like Denard Robinson but he's not better than Miko Hardman and Watkins I don't even know why they brought him back honestly that didn't make any sense to me like why do you bring Watkins back when he's getting paid that much when you have other guys that are honestly Probably better than him already. I mean, Denard Robinson might be better than uh, Sammy Watkins. I'm not saying that definitively. I'm just saying, what, what are they doing? Especially, the, well, I guess they don't have him locked down for much longer because they're going to have to pay Mahomes. That, that team's going to be in trouble financially when Mahomes gets the whatever mega deal he's going to get because he's going to get whatever he asks for. After they win Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl? This will be their last one after they have to pay Mahomes. That's fair. That's fair. Sammy Watkins, that man, Lizard King. Old boy is self-reclaimed Lizard King on Twitter. He is fascinating. He's he a can kill himself, apparently. I don't know all the other logistics of that. <laughs> Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. We also didn't talk about Darius Slayton, who I'm really high on as well. Yeah. Like, I, again, I think we're about there. He is. Everyone, we're going to have to segue yeah. into our guest for the week. This is Ernest Silva from Into the Lab podcast at the Sport Gene on Twitter. Uh, he runs a good show. I was on there last night, uh, or I'm sorry, Friday morning. 
and we did a little baseball trivia that I had to shake them down and make a little comeback. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my claim to fame is choosing Huey Lewis in the news. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the music or go watch the sport gene uh, at Into the Lab. Ernest, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Still out here on South Padre Island, so I apologize if my connection's uh, a little shaky, but hopefully you guys can hear me. I can hear you very good. Can y'all? Yes. Yep. 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 Got him. Man, thank you first. The guys don't know it. This is your awesome. birthday week. Uh, thank you for joining us on your birthday it week. Is. That's why you're in South Padre, man. Enjoying it. Uh, how is all? How is the weather? How's the water down there, man? Uh, the water is fantastic. Yeah, we spent the day on the beach, so I'm a little red today. Um, but, uh, you know, water is great. So many people, luckily people are keeping their distance. So that's nice to see South Padre uh, keeping the distance rule um, while we're going through these crazy times. Um, but birthday birthday week's been fun. I just wanted to make sure I was sober for the show. So I sobered up before coming on to make sure that we uh, we could get some good takes. You should have just kept on rolling, man. Hey, tell all of our listeners at home about Into the Lab. Yeah, so Into the Lab podcast, it's a, it's a great group. Uh, we Similar to a lot of podcasts, we have a great group of guys that are just from all over the world. Um, Bali, Indonesia, a couple from Canada, um, big cities, New York, Pittsburgh. I'm hosted in San Antonio and a couple in Houston. So we're kind of spread out, uh, really representing our team's divisions, going cross sports, but really focusing on the two major ones with the NFL and the NBA. And then we branch off with specialty groups coming on um, and talking about NASCAR or we're talking about uh, eSports, which will be in two weeks. And, and next week we'll have Locked on Rockets on our podcast and we'll be talking uh, Houston small ball hoops and, and some advanced stats and analytics. So it's really kind of a breakdown of, uh, of everything on this show. Um, but we're, we work out of uh, the Blue Collar Media Group. Um, great group of guys. Gave us a platform and, and uh, really enjoy having different personalities and different opinions. That's awesome, man. Maybe you and Tom need to get together. Tom's running our uh, Madden tournament here at Belly Up Sports, so maybe y'all need to get after the show together and talk about all that. But where uh, where can our guys follow you on Twitter one more time? Yeah, so that's, I, I don't even think I've even said that. So at the Sport Gene is where you can find me. Um, into the lab host out of that, uh, that Twitter handle. We're also, um, out of the sport gene on Facebook. So really only every, any social platform you can find us, the sport gene, but, uh, that's where you can find us, give us a follow. And we'd love to share both our listeners and your listeners with uh, different prizes and giveaways that we do. For sure. It was really fun last night with you, man. Uh, obviously it's a fancy football show. Uh, let us know, let all of our listeners know, like, <laughs> how'd you get into fancy football and, uh, what are you doing these days with it? It's the funniest thing. My, my wife and I have a, a story to that because I was in college and I was I, I, I had a tennis scholarship and uh, she asked me, do you play fantasy football? And I said, no, only nerds play fantasy football. It's just people who couldn't play football or, or, or dropped out from football. And then as soon as I graduated, I got into fantasy football and nonstop. I have been nonstop into fantasy football since I graduated. So she always brings it up every season as I have, you know, the five live drafts. Why the hell are you doing another draft? Well, I'm sorry, but I'm a fantasy football. You said that was for nerds. So, um, yeah, I got into fantasy football because I was big into sports analytics. So that's that's kind of my passion. My PhD is in sports analytics. So, um, very big about uh, you know breaking down stats, trends, and and trying to forecast those and and build those projections and those models. So that's kind of where I come from. Um, and so 
And so, yeah, that's how I jumped into it. But, you know, so many people love fantasy football that, uh, you know, you can talk to anybody about football and you can go on for hours. So um, just hook me. For sure. Being a big analytic guy and big numbers guy, obviously you've probably found some sleepers in your time. What's been your most memorable fantasy football moment? So I met the most memorable one is not from my own team. I, so I was I I decided okay I'm gonna pony up and join a big league last year. I said I'm gonna go into one where the payouts like stupid. I'm not even gonna go into the numbers because it was so dumb. And there was only one winner. There was no second place. There was no third place. So I knew if I was going all in, it was gonna be all in. And so I'm in the semifinals last year, and the other guy has Michael Thomas, and I just see Michael Thomas not to cross the hundred yard mark. I think it was week. 15 against the, the Titans. And I think he went for 12 and 136, but he didn't catch another pass after his 40 yard catch on the 12th catch. So he was like at 98, he was 11 and 98. And I was like, no more catches. And then he had no more after the final breakout catch. And it just, I was distraught. I lost the whole season because of that. That was the only player left. And I, it, it totally screwed me over. I think I needed Miles Sanders to score and he went out for the second and third quarter of another game. And, and then he screwed me over that, that week too. So yeah, that's probably my most memorable and off, off the top of my head. I, I did win uh, a very big Austin league that I go to every year for the first time. So that was a big one. I had jumped up Yahoo levels. I don't remember what I was at the plan or whatever that top level was. So that was kind of nice, but, but yeah, finally won one. Yeah. yeah. Fantasy football can do that to you, man. Stab you in the back and all sorts of stuff. Bring you up, bring you down. Uh, terrible ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't want, we don't want to keep you too long, man. Obviously, it's your birthday this weekend or this week. So, uh, what are you working on with your guys in the back uh, for the future of Into the Lab? Yeah, we uh, we wish we had more sports, right, guys? I mean, that's I wish we could go to more sporting events and we could be live at some of these things. We were supposed to be at the draft live. We we were all set up, and then that canceled. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, but really. Our goal is to just uh, start connecting more with our with Potter and family, right? Start start reaching out to more uh, Belly Up Sports Network people um, all across. Uh, we have we have a, what we call a home and home trivia. That's kind of how we segue. Chris, you were talking about it earlier. You went on and you had a comeback. You were down by two and you came back and beat him on the final question. That that's kind of what it's all about, right? Connecting our uh, our podcast networks and and showing people that. Um, although we're all independent, we can still work together. Um, and the little guy can also grow. And so, uh, that's kind of our mantra right now as we're dead, but obviously NBA is our full focus once, you know, the last weekend of July comes and my Houston Rockets make their run. Um, and so that, that's the, uh, that's the goal, obviously analytics, Rockets, Daryl Morey, you knew that was my team. So I don't think anybody questioned that, but that, that's, uh, that's kind of our goal. Yeah. And then the NFL, obviously, and we're all, all eyes on them as everybody keeps testing for COVID in different leagues, you know, MLB has more cases, NCAA teams now have more cases. I mean, cases keep going up for athletics. It looks more and more dim and meek that we're going to have a regular season of anything in 2020. So it's going to be a weird year. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, last night on the on your podcast, I was talking. I'm sorry, Friday morning when I was talking about your, on your podcast, <laughs> buddy Marco Ayala uh, down in McAllen, Texas. He's a coach. He uh, said, "South Padre, let's go fishing." So he'll take me some good spots, and he's a local, so he knows what he's doing. Ernest, um, real quick, man, tell everyone about the tell everyone real quick one more time about all the guys on Into the Lab, where they can follow them, where they can follow you. We're not going to keep you that long, man. Uh, I know you need to go out, eat some birthday cake, probably some pizza, and go get some 
So have a good night. Actually, man. we're going we're going fishing. Actually, ironically, we're going fishing right after this. So we are we're heading out. So um, but but no, you you can find us at the sport gene. That's where we really kind of host everything out. Um, Dre Rogers, Steve Reisner. Uh, we call him just Paul, but we have tons of guys that cover different sports. Uh, just in a couple of weeks, like I said, Locked on Rockets will come in for analytics. Right after that, Butthole Podcast is coming on. We're going to talk about um, the esports area and what that gaming looks like, PS5, Xbox, what are you going with, those kind of debates. Um, and then right after that, we're going right into wrestling. So we're not even in our niche right now, but we're letting other podcasts come on and kind of control the the agenda until, you know, beginning of August, end of July. Um, but really... When it comes to our network, I, you just like you, Chris, and every other sports network, I invite all you guys on. You know, come on, come debate us. Uh, biggest thing that they hate about me is that I bring up the numbers and stats because they never support the teams that actually win, and so we go back and forth about what that really means. Um, come on and have some fun. Um, no way am I trying to pull you from any network. I just like the debate. So if you guys are ever interested, go listen to our episodes, any podcast or any listener. We encourage you to come on. Listeners obviously get a chance for gift cards. Chris had a chance for a gift card. He'll be he'll be getting one. So um, you know, come on and, and, and show us your sports IQ. That's what it's all about. Hey, man, I'm sure all these guys, Dan, Tom, Ryan, Zach, and Houston, would love to come on and just have a good time with you guys. It was fun. Uh, Ryan's chomping at the bit, probably talking about some basketball with you for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're from San Antonio. How are you a Rockets fan? Oh, man, I'm from the Rio Grande Valley. So ah, we got okay. the Vipers down here. So Rockets affiliate. But I mean, I grew up watching as a little kid. I'm turning 30 this weekend, so it's a big one. But as a little kid, I grew up watching Hakeem and Clyde and, and, and um, you know, obviously watch Michael Jordan. But my team. My, yeah, that, that that was that was my that was the era, the era that I grew and, and love with the Rockets. So I watched them go from Steve Franchise to T Mac to Yao and and uh, watched that twenty two win streak. I mean, I've, I've rode the rode the ship with the Rockets, and then Daryl came in and he's changed everything. So obviously the beard era, I don't have to talk much, but yeah, that's why the Rockets sold me. But yes, living in San Antonio, I think this is my let's see, I moved there in two thousand eight, so it's my twelfth year here. It's been enemy territory everywhere I go. I mean, I I, wear, I don't know if you can see me, but I'm wearing my Rocket shirt. I wear my Rocket stuff everywhere. People can't see me now. That really sucks. But you, I wear my Rocket stuff everywhere, and so people always ask me like, why Why are you wearing that here? It's like, what are you gonna do about it? Like, there's nothing to do. It's, so it's been it's been it's been fun. I get tons of crap about it, definitely. <laughs> Ernest, thanks for coming on, man. It was fun doing the crossover special with you. Like I said, I finally got my Avengers to assemble. All of our guys are back together. Uh, That's right. Cannot stand against us, so we're good to go. <laughs> uh, you have a great weekend in South Padre Island, brother. Uh, we'll talk to you shortly, man. Have a good one. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And don't forget, we have that team versus team final tiebreaker match with belly up we won one y'all won one so you guys get your team together we're gonna have some fun it's gonna be good all right all right all right thank you guys for having me on no problem everyone watching at home again that was ernest silva from into the lab you can follow him at the sport gene uh part of blue media group great guy great podcast it was fun to do it with them they do trivia every friday morning so it was really fun uh, let's get into something that we can all talk about now, some fantasy football, guys. Let's move on, and the Seattle Seahawks. Let's talk about the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, shoot, they ran 11 personnel around 73% of the time last season. They've got big names like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, newly added Patriot and journeyman Philip Dorsett, uh, Shoot, they've got some tight ends on their team now, too. Greg Olson, Will Disley, who 
won Gatorade Montana Player, High School Player of the Year, a.k.a. Big Montana, and Jacob Hollister, who I'm sure Zach Mack has probably shopped at Hollister one or twice, once or twice in his time in his uh, <laughs> life. Zach, what can we talk about from these guys, Seattle Seahawks? Because they're jam-packed with fantasy-relevant players. You're on mute, brother. <laughs> Thanks there for we go. Thanks for <laughs> me know. Uh, yeah, man. So for the record, never stepped foot in a Hollister. So just want you to know that. Uh, Seahawks. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember where we had Wilson. To my shame, on our consensus rankings, I know I had him fourth. Um, so there's really not much to say about Wilson, other than I brought up earlier that I'm a little worried about his. Um, and when I say a little, I mean like very little, little worried about his durability because of how much work he had to do last year because his it, almost his entire team was hurt um, on offense. So um, I'm a little, just a little worried at how soon that he might burn out this season, but I can't stress enough how little that is. Um, so wide receiver-wise, obviously DK Metcalf, I can't shut up about this guy. Uh, our dynasty league that we're – like I had one goal going into our dynasty league, and it was draft DK Metcalf. That was my, that was my only goal. Um, I got the the 1.1, so I had two goals, which was draft Christian McCaffrey, DK Metcalf, and obviously the first goal is easy enough to achieve. Uh, DK, I think he needs to expand his route tree a little bit, but the Seahawks have been adamant that they are going to look to incorporate Metcalf more in their passing game. And, I mean, I'm no Seahawks fan by any means, but I don't see in the past where the Seahawks have missed when they've tried to do something. So, uh, except for maybe – passing the ball on the goal line in the Super Bowl. But uh, other than that, I got to believe that that's exactly what they're going to do. And I have a lot of faith in DK Metcalf that he's going to put in the work that he needs to to improve his route tree. And he's a big body for Wilson to target down the field. Uh, And I think as Wilson ages and has to rely on his legs less, that he's going to be looking for that downfield big target. So I have a lot of of faith in DK Metcalf, especially for dynasty leagues. in redraft leagues, maybe drafting a little bit later, but um, I'm, I'm big on him. I can't say enough about him. And then there's um, there's Lockett, there's Philip Dorsett, who uh, he's in his first season with the Seahawks, so I'm interested to see how that works. Um, Lockett, who had the he had over a thousand yards last year. I think he was like a thousand sixty something. He was the only receiver on the Seahawks to, to eclipse a thousand last year. I I think I think he does it again. I honestly think him and Metcalf could both go over a thousand. Um, but again, I I can't say Metcalf is the receiver I'm going for. I I think Lockett is the two there, and then Dorsett. Um, and then you mentioned the the tight end room, which is getting rather crowded. They got Greg Olson, um, and then the running backs who are, I believe, all coming off of injuries. Uh, they're not sure if Penny's going to be ready for Week One, so it looks like it's going to be Carson and Hyde. Um, I think the addition of Hyde probably helps Carson in that it's going to just allow him to be more durable. I think Hyde's going to get touches and it's going to allow Carson to last longer throughout the season. Um, But I'm interested to hear because I watched the Seahawks for DK Metcalf. I'm interested to hear what you guys think as far as their running backs go. I'm pretty sure Carson's probably the clear cut number one. Yeah, Dan. I mean, they bring in a guy, Carlos Hyde, from my Houston Texans. God love him was one of your 49ers for a time. He was a top 30 back last year, scored, you know, four, or uh, 148 points and 9.3 point 
9.3 points per game with the Houston Texans. They bring in a top 30 guy along with Carson who has those injury woes. Um, how do you think this split goes? I mean, and they do have Rashad Penny, who I believe they used a first-round draft pick on. And then they got Travis Homer and DJ Dallas as well. Yeah, look, the split's going to be very similar to what it was for the first half of last season, which was Rashad Penny wasn't really utilized. I mean, it was it was Carson's backfield. I expect it to be exactly the case. Carson, uh, Carlos High was brought in to be the second stringer. I don't believe that he was brought in. It's not going to be a 60-40 split. It's not even going to be a 70-30 split. It's, it's going to be Carson's backfield. It's going to be a 75 split until he can maintain. And even last year, you have to remember, he played 14 games. He was pretty durable for his standards before he before he wound up getting injured at the very end of the season. Rashad Penny's not going to play for the first six weeks. It is a guarantee that he's going to be on the pup list. And even with that, there's still a chance he doesn't come back until December. So it might even be more than that. I think there's a very good shot here that we may not even see Rashad Penny next year. I think that's why they brought Carlos Hyde in to, be, to begin with. So I don't think it's really going to be a factor. Homer, the other guys they brought in, those are just guys in case Carson goes down and someone needs to spell Carlos Hyde here and there. But I don't, I'm not going into this with the mindset and my projections, which I actually plan on being up on the uh, belly up website in about a week and a half. I'm almost done. I only have a few teams left. Uh, and I have like 900 players statted out. And on that, I had I had Carlos Hyde about twenty eight percent of the touches. Wow. Okay, Ryan. Let's talk about Zach mentioned. I mean, we do have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, uh, and then new addition Philip Lindsay. This could be a team, you know, that could have two, like Zach mentioned, two one thousand yard receivers, and they both have the potential to do it. Uh, do you see anything that would say otherwise? You meant Philip Dorsett, right? Philip Dorsett. Dorsett. There you go. I'm sorry. What did I say? Philip Lindsay. Oh, yeah. He's a running back. My bad. <laughs> no, I think my focus, honestly, is on Chris Carson on this offense. I mean, obviously, I think I have Wilson ranked higher than anybody in the consensus rankings. I also have Carson ranked higher than anybody in the second consensus rankings. I'm at 10. He's only missed three games the last two years that total. You, uh, I don't see the durability issues as much with him compared to some other guys that like Dalvin Cook. I mean – some of the guys that I see ranked higher than him do have injury concern. Kamara, to me, is more of an injury concern than Chris Carson, especially with the addition of Hyde, uh, to be able to spell him. He doesn't have to be the guy all the time. He doesn't have to get 100% of the snap shares. I mean, obviously he's not going to. But, I mean, Carson has been a beast the last two years. And I see the opening up of, and the, the growth of Metcalf being a good thing for that run game. Plus, Wilson is just about as good as it gets. Uh there's not a lot of – the tight end room is a little crowded. It makes me nervous. Uh, Olsen, is he going to hold up? Is Disley going to hold up? Is Hollister going to hold up? I mean, all those guys have injury concerns. So if you can get the right one, that's a good tight end to own. It's just going to be difficult to see which one it's going to be. But I, I am high on Metcalf and Lockett. I think both of them could get 1,000 yards just leaving. I, have a, I see Wilson having a big year. I see the Seattle offense having a big year. Houston, Tom, do you all have anything to rebut, rebut on that or to agree with? I mean – I think you guys are new, and I think Wilson will have a big year. He's, I think most people agree he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league right now. He's going to put up yards. He's going to put up touchdowns. Doesn't turn the ball over all that much, so always positive for him. The running back room, Chris Carson, really not a big injury history. He had the one last year, missed a couple games. But other than that, he really doesn't have an injury history. Albeit, you can always have something happen. You know, bad luck it can hit anybody. So if something does happen to him, I don't have a lot of faith in the rest of that running group, asking me, running back room staying healthy. So if he were to go down, 
I'm not confident in the rest of those guys. They could put up some big yards and, and move that offense, but I wouldn't really want to have any of them on my team. Uh, same thing for that tight end room, some injury concerns. Just, you know, it, it's a crowded room, like we said. Um, could help out the running backs with just having that many, you know, tight ends there to help block. You can run two, three tight end sets and, you know, they can receive not every single one was the best blocker, but guess what? It's a big body out there. It's not going to hurt you. Um, but there's receivers. I, I don't think you can go wrong with Russell Wilson or any of the, really the top two or three receivers on this team, uh, you know, depending on where they're falling to you in the draft for, for which receiver, but it's going to be a big year for that offense. Just to add on to what Zach said about having Russell Wilson at the QB four, he was QB four last season. I don't have our consensus rankings in front of me, but QB four at about 333 points, about 21 points per game. I mean, if the dude has a, an increase this year or a uh, a better year than he did last year, obviously, if DK Metcalf can ascend at just a 9% increase, dude's throwing 4,500 yards this season. That's crazy. In that run-first offense, that is nuts. Um, the ground. Do what? He's a threat on the ground, Wilson is. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he has – if he regresses 5% on his rushing – as I think he'll regress in his rushing because he's getting a little older and a little smarter. Um, he's going to go to about, what is that? 5% regression this year. He goes to 330 yards on the ground. Here's my slight worry about his, when I mentioned his durability, is that I don't think he's had long spells of injury in his, in his career. So he's he hasn't sat out time. Like he's played a, a chunk of games. He had to do a lot of work last year. He's got... Got to play Aaron Donald twice. He's got to play. Did Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Opposite of a joke that the 49ers defense is twice a year. I, I'm worried. I'm just slightly worried about him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, that's, agree yeah. with that. that's a tough, tough division to face on that. Those D-line. Sure. And like Zach mentioned, the 49ers guys, uh, this has been a pretty big team to be talked about right now with all the news that's been going around with Debo Samuel. Uh, I mean, dude, the 49ers have, they're a top 10 team in terms of, Yards per play at 6.02 yards per carry per play last season. You might as well just call it a carry. Uh, they lose 11 personnel 41.7% of the time and 12 point and 12 personnel about 21% of the time. So they, they're running the ball, obviously, as everyone knows. They're shuffling in and out. Uh, they got Gucci Garoppolo. It feels nice, baby Aaron Andrews. Uh, and they got a slew of running backs. Raheem Mostert, 
Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson Jr., Jarek McKinnon, Jamichael Hasty, uh, and then Salvan Ahmed. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about Debo, but we were talking ourselves between Jalen Hurd, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis. Uh, let's throw in a guy that I just like his last name, and he was on Revenge of the Nerds, uh, Sean Poindexter as well. And then you've got Peanut Butter Dwelly Time uh, with Kittle. Um, let's talk about the 49ers, Ryan. Well, realistically, Garoppolo is not going to be a fantasy superstar. It's just not going to happen. We have him at 26 in the consensus rankings, and I think that's right where he belongs. Um, he doesn't. Ha- to me, he doesn't have anything special for fantasy. The the special part of this unit is the run game, but the problem is there are multiple guys that might be. I mean, it looks like Mostert's going to be the bell cow back per se in that committee. Um, he's getting the most love from all the analysts and the coaches. It looks like he's going to be the guy. Uh, they're going to run the ball. Then you have Coleman and maybe to a lesser extent McKinnon. I'm actually high on McKinnon because I think you can basically get him anywhere in the draft. He's not really uh, getting drafted to the same degree that Coleman is. And if you look at their numbers, I don't see a huge differentiation between the guys. Um, Receivers with the loss of Samuel. I still like Samuel if he's going to come back late as a late round flyer, because he'll be coming back right in time for playoffs. And if he's going to be anywhere close to where he was last year, that's going to be a steal when the, when it matters most for you. But um, obviously, it's terrible news that he's going to be missing time. Uh, I'd like Kendrick Bourne to assume the role as maybe the most viable fantasy receiver. Uh, The guy's stats for me – actually, it's less to do with his stats, and it's more to do with what I saw when I saw him play. He has some big play capabilities. Uh, Ayuk might not have the the game down – the game plan as far as the offense goes. I like Kendrick Bourne to be the guy that's going to be getting the majority of the targets there. Obviously, when you go to tight end, Kittle is as good as it gets. Um, I don't think there's a lot of value behind him just because Kittle's going to be seeing the dominant amount of uh, time on the field. Uh, and if you're going to be pulling him off the field, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be utilizing the tight end very much when you have a guy like Kittle. Uh, to me, he's just he's in an elite category. To his, It's a very small category of tight ends that are that good. Kittle's one of them. Um, and then if you're going to talk about defenses, the 49ers defense is really good. As far as drafting defenses, you're going to be liking getting them. But uh, I don't consider this to be an especially explosive offense. I see them more grinding people down, letting the defense do a lot of the work. Uh, I don't believe in Jimmy G as far as a fantasy quarterback goes. I'm not, I'm not saying he's awful. I'm just not saying he's very good. So I want exposure to Mostert if the price is right. Now I want exposure to Bourne, whereas before I wanted exposure to Samuel. And then Ayuk and Dynasty. That's fair. Before Dan jumps in on all this, because he's going to give us the 49ers lowdown in a second. Houston, you and I were talking, or you were talking in our chat about this, and in my big 32-man league, I went and got Tevin Coleman because you gave me the stat that you were like, hey, this actually helps Tevin Coleman because he probably sees a little bit more in the passing game. He probably sees a little bit more in the running game. Um, Also, I was like, hey, does this make George Kittle the number one tight end, not even coming down to earth and thinking that, well, without Samuel out there to burn, they're going to put another guy on Kittle because he's really the only threat catching the ball. So does this open up the running game that much more? You know, I honestly was pretty – I liked Coleman prior to the Samuel injury, not because um, 
he's better than Mostert or anything like that. I just think, like I t- touched on a little bit in last week's show, Shanahan, he's going to play the hot hand, and you never know if that's going to be Mostert or that's going to be Coleman or any of the running backs on their roster. Um, I, when I look at it like at a best ball standpoint, Coleman has the possibility of scoring scoring two touchdowns a week, you know. Um, it, you just have to predict what week that's going to be. If Mostert goes down, Coleman's going to be the top guy in a run-first offense. And with Samuel out, maybe they'll add four or five carries a game, and that's going to be Coleman's work. It's not going to be Mostert's. That's how I feel about that. And grabbing Coleman late in drafts, I'll, I'll do it as my fourth, fifth running back off the board, being in such a run-heavy offense like the 49ers. I like it. Dan, take it away, brother. Uh, Houston, you're dead on the money when it comes to Tevin Coleman, by the way. I, I was talking to Grant Kahn of the Sports Illustrated. I had him on a show like a few weeks ago, and that's one of the things that we talked about and I completely agreed with is that talent doesn't matter to Kyle Shanahan. It's about who he likes, and he likes Tevin Coleman the most out of everybody. Now, Raheem Mostert played too well down the stretch for them to not give him the first crack, for him to not be the starter. But he think about what he said a few weeks ago. I'm preparing my body to get 200 carries. He knows he's not getting anything more than that. That's about where his mark is going to have to be at, and he already knows it himself. The extra work, if they do run the ball an extra four to five times without Debo, which, by the way, I don't have them running in any extra without Debo Samuel out there, it would probably most likely go to Tevin Coleman. Jared McKinnon, he's only there for passing down specialist type of duties. I don't know how much Jared McKinnon is able to get on the field. I don't know if Jared McKinnon really winds up making this team. He did renegotiate his contract, so it would be more able to do so. But if they're able to cut him and still save a couple million dollars, you're not losing anything. You're really not. And Salvin Ahmed, he does the same thing, even though he was an undrafted rookie. He, he's a passing down back. He brings that little bit of physicality to it. He brings what you you getting a Jeremy McKinnon. Jeremy McKinnon does not fit if you already have Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman. Everyone's too much. They're too the same. And that's pretty much it. There is no thunder and lightning. Everyone's lightning. That's it. Plain and simple. <laughs> so that's kind of what it, what it boils down to as far as the backfield goes. I have Mostert leading the way. Um, I have him as a guy that you could take in the sixth round and play him as your flex. But Tevin Coleman, I'm going to have him as a steal that you can get probably the ninth, tenth round right now. And there's going to be times where he's going to be able to get that. And I don't actually have faith that Mostert is able to stay healthy for 16 weeks. Now, as far as Debo Samuel goes, which is what everyone's kind of curious about, I have him statted out as of now to enter the pup list. A lot of things have to go right for him to come back in three months from that Jones strep- uh, fracture. So, if that wants to be the case, yeah, he could be back mid-September. It's possible, but a lot of things have to go right. I think it's more likely he starts on the pup list. They open up the roster spot, which put, brings him about late October. That means at least six games he's going to miss. I have him only for about 500 yards and four touchdowns, if that winds up being the case for that team. He's somebody that, honestly, you're looking at as a waiver pickup. I'm not even entertaining in the draft. Now, we fought, we'll know come late August if he's going to be on the pup list or not. So we should know before our drafts. But as it stands right now, if he's going to start in that pup list, I don't know if I'm going to bother drafting Debo Samuel. The only receiver I'm even willing to touch will be Brandon Ayuk, and even that will be as a wide receiver five. Uh, it's just Kendrick Board. Maybe he makes the team now that Debo had to go down. We still don't know. We have Dante Pettis is probably the best wide receiver on that roster. Again, Shanahan doesn't like him, so therefore he doesn't see the field. But he's got to get on there at some point. 
So that's kind of how it all breaks down. For George Kittle, I don't get changes to George Kittle too much. I don't think his numbers go up. He was already going to have a large share as it was. And this isn't something where like he gets two or three extra targets a game. Maybe. I, I But the, what he gets between the 20s doesn't matter. Is he going to finally be featured in the red zone? That's what matters. And that's what we haven't seen yet. So him getting another 1,100-yard season, I think he's already pegged for that regardless of what Debo Samuel does. Does he go from five touchdowns to 10? That's the question when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. The answer should be yes. I have no faith that Shanahan will do the smart thing. I hate that they gave him a six-year extension. I absolutely, I just loathe it 100%. He's a great schemer, great play caller. He is terrible when it comes to personnel, and that's what drives me crazy about him the most. Dan, i got to say really quick before we move on, and you're going to hate this, the 49ers this year remind me a lot of the Rams leaving the Super Bowl. 1,000% agree. One one thousand percent agree. I can see them having a bad year this year. Honestly, if I could, they won't let you bet money on this. But if I could bet money on the 49ers not making the playoffs this season, I would, because Ask. they they overachieved last year as it was. Their talent was not Super Bowl caliber. A lot of things went right. Not that many things are going to go right for them this season. I think a lot of people are going to find that out, and that's why I think giving Shanahan the extension this year before we had to see what happens this year was a big big mistake. That's why I regret buying this hat. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be featured on Hard Knocks this season. So, I mean, you got it when you could, you know. Yeah, it's not a good thing. Yeah. No, wheel curse. <laughs> Spit. Let's move on to the Rams, guys. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams with the notebook himself, Jared Goff at quarterback. The Rams ran out of 11 personnel, almost 73% of the time last season, which ranked third most in the NFL. Uh, Brandon Cooks, no longer there. We got my boy, Josh Reynolds, Texas A&M Aggie Ryan's boy, coming in, going to be featured finally along with Lil Cooper Cup and old Bobby Light, Bobby Woods, Zach Max guy that I snagged from him in the Dynasty draft. Um, they've got new guys on the team. Cam Akers, I think he's going to be the starter right now, as it is. Obviously, he's listed third on the depth chart behind Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Uh, like I mentioned, Bobby Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, new addition, Van Jefferson, and a guy that I want to talk about, just because I like his name, Nasimba Webster, baby. And the two tight ends, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, Sean McVay's first pick in his first time at the Rams, uh, Gerald Everett. Let's talk about the Rams, guys. Yeah, and I uh, I like that you brought up that 11 personnel stat of over 70%. That's not going to happen this year. I'm pretty confident in that. I see a lot more transition to 12 personnel, and I'll talk about what that's going to do to the Rams wide receivers. But I'll first start with Jared Goff. Um, A.K.A. the notebook. Yeah, I mean, I got to write it down in mind so I can talk about him. But <laughs> – um, he's the QB 17 off the board right now behind Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, and Baker Mayfield. I find that crazy. I'd probably have Daniel Jones in front of him, but not Joe Burrow and Baker as of right now. He's my QB 13 off on the board. Um, he was second in 2019 in uh, passing attempts, only behind James Winston. They passed the ball a lot. I mean, we've talked about before, I don't think Sean McVay – he was kind of surprised what happened in 2019. He couldn't run the ball. He didn't want. He didn't trust Todd Gurley, despite Todd Gurley's knee being somewhat actual usable. I mean, he, it wasn't like he was limping or anything. But you know, Gurley's gone, and that's perfectly fine. I love him in Atlanta. Uh, Jared Goff, 14, uh, 300 plus yard passing uh, 
games in the last two seasons. I like that. I personally play in a league where you get five extra points for uh, 300 yard games. And that's a perfect add on bonus. If you play in leagues with those kind of bonuses, my only concern about golf is he's the worst in the league. And you know, you think this would be Mitch Trubisky, but um, Jared Goff, 39.4 PFF grade when targeting um, thrown beyond his first read, you know, and, that's that concerns me you know he you think that'd be something that he can improve on um but i think that's kind of the thing and dan does a lot of the like college scouting and looking at college quarterbacks and what happens in college stays in college and it falls due to the pros and reading not being able to read the field that continues to happen i believe in the nfl um but i'll move on to the running backs you know talk about nfl draft they brought in cam Akers. My RB4, rookie RB4 going into the draft, um, currently goes as the running back 28 off the board in front of Hunt, Ronald Jones, Brietta, Jordan Howard. Uh, Todd Gurley, he has 51 red zone attempts in um, 2019. So I think Akers could be a guy that's going to see work in the red zone. However, it concerns me that he's going to be in a committee he can catch the ball in the backfield at 69 catches in his three years in college. Um, and you know, the only thing I'm really confident on is Henderson did have uh, ankle surgery, so that might propel Akers a little bit ahead. People said the reason why they loved Akers going into the draft so much is he played beyond a terrible offensive line, and he was still great. And then he goes to the Rams, and they say, I don't like him. He's beyond a terrible offensive line. I don't understand how – I mean, NFL and college is different, but don't use one narrative to support him and one narrative to uh, bring him down your list. Uh, Rams, you know, second-round investment, so they are going to use the kid. Uh, Rams still top 10 in both total yards, top 10 in total points the last three seasons, and top five the last three years in uh, running back touchdowns, running back rushing touchdowns. So that supports my case on Akers. I still am a little concerned if Henderson can come and make an impact. Malcolm Brown, can he make an impact? I don't like those two. Akers has to be at the right spot for me. I'm not going to take him as early as Jonathan Taylor or any of those other rookies are going. But uh, like I touched on, uh, we're going to see a lot more 12 personnel. This is going to affect how those wide receivers are going to play. And I think the biggest beneficiary of this is Robert Woods, my running or my wide receiver nine currently right now uh and he's the wide receiver 21 off the board so there's a big just big difference there between my rankings and the public rankings consensus back out of the season woods is on pace for 181 targets and over 1500 yards um that's great that's going to make him a wide receiver one obviously you know that's just his back half pace uh in final five games of 2019 and 216 attempts golf targeted uh either Woods or Higby at 53%. Uh, Woods saw about 12 targets. Higby saw about 11. And then Cup only saw six. And the reason why I say Woods is my wide receiver nine is I don't believe Cooper Cup is that great of a wide receiver when he's not playing in the slot. Cooper Cup statistically is one of the best slot wide receivers in the game. I mean, the stats just prove that. But when playing outside, he ranks in the bottom 12th percentile against man coverage. He's never finished better than 12th percentile. And if they go to the 12th personnel, Cup's going to have to play outside. And that's why I think that we saw the early investment of Van Jefferson 
and also Josh Reynolds to play outside. So if Cooper Cup's off the field, I'm personally not going to draft him in his current position. He's my wide receiver 18 off the board, and he currently goes as the wide receiver 14. It's just it doesn't add up to me. I'd rather take Woods. You know, I'm all about Woods. Woods is consistent. He missed one game last year due to personal reason. And he's always slept on every year and always continues to shine. And this show fantasy owners what he's really about. Um, I'll finish off with tight ends here. We saw Tyler Higby in his breakout at the latter half of the 2019 season. He's my tight end six. Our consensus has him as tight end 14, so I'm a little bit higher on him. He led all tight ends last season in red zone receptions. And from week 13 on, he's the tight end one. 396 yards after the catch, which only ranked ranked him fourth behind Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller. I'm just really big on him. But with the 12 personnel, you're also going to see Everett on the field. And personally, I think Mave likes Everett, and he will get him involved. He's my tight end 26. Uh, in the weeks 1 through 12 last year, he out-targeted Higby 55 to 36 and also out-snapped him 260 one routes to 130 in the first 12 weeks before Everett went down with injury. Um, but Everett's going to have some games that he does well. I just don't think he's going to be consistent enough for me to personally want to own him in my leagues. But I'm high on Higby if the value's right. He's my tight end six, but I think his, draft, his current draft position is a spot that I'll take him any day. Houston, that's amazing. Real quick, I just want to let you know that uh... – you and Mike Clay are not too far off because Robert Woods from Mike Clay has already projected over a thousand yards and Higby is his ranked number seven. So great job with you, man, on your projections. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> uh, so that being said though, you do think golf will probably have a, a positive, I guess uh, a year compared to last year. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, he's not going to be second in the league in passing attempts again, but I don't think that their defense got much better in any sense, um, d- despite bringing in Ramsey and having one of the best pass rushers in the league in Aaron Donald. I just think that their offense, it's going to regress a little bit in passing, but I do think they'll be a little bit more efficient um, using their three three heads out of the backfield. You know, are they going to throw the ball, you know, Goff's not much of a guy to pass out of the backfield unless it's like little screens. He's not really – he's not swinging it left or right. But design screens. I think Sean McVay is going to have a little gut check, and I, I know he's going to be prepared coming into 2020 with an improved offense. He really got, you know, a gut check in 2019. And like Tom said, he sees the same thing for 49ers. They just came back to reality, and they play in a good division with good defenses. And we'll see if Goff can take the next step. He's not the best quarterback, but he still has potential to be a pretty decent uh, quarterback in this league. For your league, Houston, where you get the extra bonus points for 300 yards, if Goff has a 6% yards better this season than last year, he's over 5,000 yards. That's ridiculous. Uh, does anyone want to rebut or say anything against uh, what Houston said? Agreed? 
pretty much. No, you pretty pretty much agreed. I, I would say I have like a little like Robert Woods right now. I have him about 986 yards and six touchdowns, and I might be a little That's bit so low. Good as hell. <laughs> yeah, I have him for about 108 targets while I have Cooper Cup for 117. I still think with Cooper Cup, he's still going to be the lead dog, especially in the red zone. I have him for about seven touchdowns. He's still golf's favorite target there. Um, even if they play two tight end set more. The most that it was last year was 22%. That was that was the highest out of anybody. So you're still talking at least 80% of the time you're going to be in their three receiver sets. So you're going to play Josh Reynolds in that in that Brandon Cooks role. So yes, it will be more two tight end sets, especially when they want to run the ball a little bit more. But I do think Cooper Cup is still going to be able to play the slot enough of an amount of time where he's going to be able to be their number one guy at the end of the year. As far as the running back thing, I mean, look, running backs, Rams, Colts, Redskins, not touching them. Plain and simple. I'm not touching them. It could be Akers in the goal line. It could be Malcolm Brown in the goal line. It could be Akers in the passing game, or it could be that he still can't block, and they have Darren Henderson back there who, even though he's coming off the ankle surgery, he's supposed to be healthy now. So that might not matter. We're still a few months away. So I'm not touching that backfield. Personally, Cam Akers is the one who has the most potential, but that's about it. But yeah, I just want to touch on that because receivers, not too far off there, and I think I might even be a little bit low, and those are one of the things I'll stat back out again when we get into August. I just think the only thing I'm off, I think the reason our consensus rankings are so low on Higby is because of me. I am not high on Higby. I like Everett a lot more. Um, and when they were in the field together, he was, he was, but I, I think I'm really maybe way too low on Higby because he did kind of break out at the end of the year. I just don't know if that was a real thing when Everett gets back on the field. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. It was a real thing because Everett came back on the field for the last four games of the year. If you want to make the argument that you don't think Everett was 100% healthy, that's fine. I'll take that caveat. But with them both on the field towards the end when they were actually having more success, Higby was the one still leading it away. He had It looked like he had usurped that job. Now, Everett's still going to get involved. And I have Higby for about 675 yards and, and four touchdowns uh, this year, while I have Everett for about 403 touchdowns this season. Uh, so they're still going to be involved, and that might be a little bit low, too. But that's kind of more what I'm looking at as far as those two go. And I know I know Houston agree with that with having Higby in the top 10. Yeah, for sure. I know he does. Uh, let's talk about my favorite team in this division uh, moving forward. Just because Killer Kyler, y'all know in the draft that we did. Sorry, Ryan, you weren't a part of it. Before we even drafted the team, I ha- or my name for my team was Killer Kyler. Uh, drafted Kyler Murray quickly in our Superflex League. I love the kid. I think he's going to ascend to greatness this season. He's got a great coach who is going to bring something new, especially with Bill O'Brien being the dummy dummy that he is, trading away Nuke Hopkins, who 
had nobody had Brock Osweiler throwing him the ball and still was a top 10 receiver. Now he's got an, now he's got an air raid style offense with killer Kyler with the Drake. Sorry, not the Dre, the Drake, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who is going to be a hall of famer should already be there. Christian Kirk, another Aggie sec player, a slew of other guys behind him. Isabel, uh, Isabella, I'm sorry. Keyshawn Johnson, Hakeem Butler, and some tight ends that really no one knows their names except for Dan Arnold, who is the third on the depth chart. Um, Eno Benjamin, I really like. He's got a great story. I always like a good narrative. And Chase Edmonds, who has proved that he can be the guy if someone else is down. Um, let's talk about these Arizona Cardinals guys because, real quick, if Kyler, I'm going to throw this out real quick. If Kyler has the year that I think he is going to have, he's going to be the top. He's going to be in the top three. I know I'm really high on him. Y'all got to bring me down because I got him as a 20% better year this year than last year, which I know is crazy. 20, 20% is really crazy. Uh, but that puts him in my top three at 4,465 yards. Uh, and then about 400 yards on the ground. I know that's crazy, but that's what I'm going to say. Uh, that's where my numbers put me at. Bring you back to reality, guys. What can we really expect from these Arizona Cardinals this year? Chris, take a step back and bandwagon. I can't. Lord. All right. So here, you know, I will say Kyler had just shy of thirty five hundred passing yards last year. It's a great rookie season, no doubt, especially with a, a new head coach. Yeah, thirty seven twenty two last year. My bad. <laughs> Call me out on that. All right. But regardless, he had a very good rookie season with a rookie head coach. Um, you know, like you said, air raid offense. I mean, this is a team that ran the majority of their plays with three or four wide receivers on the field. Often didn't have any tight ends on the field. That wasn't uncommon for them. Um, you know, so what I will say is for these receivers, if if Kyler Murray can step up to a 4,000-plus yard season, it's going to be great, especially considering you added DeAndre Hopkins. You still have Larry Fitzgerald. You have Christian Kirk, who's a young stud. Andy Isabella is also not bad as a number four guy. You have four solid receivers across the board that when you're running those four receiver personnel, you can give it to any of them. They're going to make plays happen. Um, yeah, You talked about the running back position. Um, you do have Kenyon Drake. I know, you know we talked about him the other week. Uh, Chris, I know you're way higher on Kenyon Drake than I am. Um, personally, I see him maybe pushing a thousand yards this year. I, I don't see it being a huge season. I think you might see a little bit more breakup between him, Chase Edmonds, and then you might see a little bit of Eno Benjamin, the rookie, the seventh round pick this year. Um, I think that he's he was a lot better than a seventh round pick. I was kind of surprised they fell that far. Um, but those receivers are going to be the the focal point. Um, tight end, uh, you know, you do have Max Williams. I believe he paid, played for the Ravens. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, didn't really do a ton there. He was okay. Um, and then, like you said, Dan Arnold. Um, the the biggest thing I think for them offensively, you have an improved offensive line. You got a new left tackle in there. Uh, you know, you have two pretty veteran guards around a younger you know, tackles and centers. So if they can develop that. 
Kyler can have a bigger year. Running backs could have a, a good year, but like I said, I could see a game spread out a little bit more. Um, I, I think your your big shots here are DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray. Yeah, no, you're right, Tom. I have Kyler Murray projected for about 285 points. We would have put him about QB6 last year. So he's going to be in that range. I have him for almost 600 yards rushing. I have him for almost five touchdowns rushing. That is what's going to be his bread and butter. DeAndre Hopkins helps quite a bit, yes. But here's the thing about DeAndre Hopkins that makes me question. It makes me question Cliff Kingsbury and what he's going to do with Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake has success, yes, because they finally went to more two tight end set. They tried to get more aggressive. They tried to take more off of Kyler Murray's shoulders. Are they going to do that now that they have Hopkins, a healthy Christian Kirk, and Larry Fitzgerald? Or are they going to go back to what he was doing in the first month of the season where he went four wide and they couldn't move the ball on efficiency, especially in the red zone, because they couldn't knock anybody back and didn't have enough guys to block? That's the issue. Kenyon Drake might go for 1,000 yards, but we might only be looking at five touchdowns out of him. That's the problem right there. Chase Edmonds is going to be involved to some degree. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins will be fine. DeAndre Hopkins will get his type of numbers. I don't think he's a threat to get double-digit touchdowns. I think he's the guy who's looking at maybe seven, uh, but he'll still get probably close to 1,100 yards for the year. I have him taking a little bit of an uptick with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, but not a big one. I have them mostly being roughly the same type of offense that they were a season ago. That's fair. Dang. That's pretty spot on. I mean, brought me back to reality real quick. Like I said, because I'm on cloud nine, Kyler boy, got him a new receiver, got him a shiny toy, got the new offensive line. The defense is looking really good over there. I mean, Kingsbury's house is looking really good. So, I mean, I I was impressed by that. I'm just saying. (laughs) I think for, I mean, for the Cardinals, if you look at last year, the Cardinals, they were fifth worst in points allowed and allowed the most yards per game. They were playing from behind. They were playing catch up a lot. I think that helps Kyler Murray's stats. Fantasy-wise, I think adding DeAndre Hopkins, if they are going to play closer games, I honestly think it might hurt Kyler Murray's fantasy value. And that, like, I think Tom mentioned that they were just, they were in four wide receiver sets a lot. Like, I I just, if they're going to get better offensively, I don't see them being behind so often. And that's my only worry when it comes to Kyler Murray. Yeah, they ran 376 plays with three receivers on the field last year, so the 11 personnel. But they ran 326 with four receivers. Yeah. So they had over 700 plays with three to four receivers on the field. Kingsbury always said he was going to bring something new to the NFL. That's not new. Real quick quick on that point, because I was getting to this argument with somebody when they're talking about Mike Gusecki and the Miami Dolphins and why Mike Gusecki is supposed to do good. I'm just like, no, he's not at all. And the reason for that is Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey has been doing this already. He has been Cliff Kingsbury before Cliff Kingsbury ever came into the league. This guy ran more four receiver sets than half of the league combined when he was the offensive coordinator for the Jets and the Bills. He doesn't feature the tight end. That's why I was making the argument that Mike Gesicki has no chance to be a top 10 guy this season. But with that, he is already doing that. We've already seen this. He's not bringing anything new. I'm so sick and tired of hearing him saying he brought something new. No, he didn't. It's a retread. Chan Gailey's been fired every time Ryan Patrick fizzles out. He's going to do it again this season. <laughs> he's not wrong, guys. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I actually, I kind of like Max Williams as a sleeper guy. I mean, I remember the hype from him coming out of college. But that was supposed to be Baltimore's tight end of the future before Hurst and Andrews. Uh, it didn't really work out, but he's he's kind of an athletic tight end, and he's big. So he could feasibly you could put him in there to help in the run game 
And then the red zone, he doesn't have to come out. He could be a big red zone target at 6-4. I mean, I'm not expecting big things from Max Williams at all. But as, if I have a guy go down, I, I'm cool with picking up Williams as a waiver for two weeks. I just think that he's going to be touchdown dependent. But in that wide open offense, if Williams is, can get on the field, I think he does have potential to be like a sleeper tight end. I'm not expecting him to change the game or anything. But DFS, you're looking for DFS, Ryan, because that, that's what it, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at touchdown or two in a week. That, yes. that's, what you're, that's what you're looking at. Yeah, right, right. Not so much. I'm not drafting him per se, but I am keeping him on my queue, on my guys, my scout team to look after. If I have tight end injuries, he's probably not going to get drafted, and I, I that would be one of the first guys I would look at if I needed to add some depth at tight end. And I love Mike Jusicki. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about that. <laughs> He's my tight end three. Yeah. You got to get a better on top That'll be for another show. We'll go head to head in another show after we're done with all the different divisions, man. Uh, guys, this has been awesome tonight. Um, we had a great show. Finally, all six of us are here together. The Avengers have reassembled. Uh, I kept on saying that I felt like Cap in Endgame when he catches Thor's hammer and he's all assembled. Got the goosebumps when everyone told me they were going to be back this week. Can't wait for all of us to get our polos like Dan's got on. Rocket Dan, you're looking good in that. Um, before we close out, though, let's 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 talk to Ryan real quick. Ryan, you've been working really hard, man. I know I'm texting you at like 11 o'clock at night, 4 o'clock in the morning. What are we working on where everyone – we've talked about it a little bit. Dan's going to jump on. I'm sorry, Tom, I didn't respond to your message, but you need to get on this. Zach, you too. Ryan, what are we working on behind the scenes for everyone at home who's watching us right now? Yeah, we've got uh... – We've got the belly up consensus rankings and they are getting ready to go live. We've got almost everybody's rankings in everything's averaged out. We'll have our own consensus rankings, top 50 QBs, top 50 in all the positions and then the top 200 overall rankings. That's really where we're just fleshing it out right now. Uh, We're going to have our own consensus rankings up and live pretty quick. Uh, Just again, fleshing out the final details. I was hoping to have them ready today. I know everybody's been really busy, but we have them almost ready to go, and they'll be up live on the website, I would say, easily within a, within the week. We are very close to having everything ready to go. I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's kind of uh, the view of as many of us as we can get put together so we can kind of give you the most accurate view of how we as a whole feel about these guys. Um, it's been a lot of work, but it's been really fun, and it's been fun to see where you everybody else has their rankings it's going to be a fun topic of conversation for future for uh, future streams and future articles just to be able to uh, compare where we have these guys and why we have them there. And you're going to be able to see where we have these guys, where we think they should be going, what what kind of value we have compared to like ADP you're seeing elsewhere. We're going to have our own rankings for everybody to be able to see kind of behind the curtains as to what we're looking at. Now, Ryan, they can see our consensus rankings and also our individual rankings, correct? So if they're yeah. like, man – Houston is always bringing me the numbers. Ryan, I really like what he's saying. Or, man, I'm going to go with my gut, and I just really like the SEC. So I'm going to listen to Chris real quick for, like, a hot minute and just, you know, just throw my draft away. I'm going to listen to Chris for just one second and throw my draft away. They can see all those different things, right? I I believe so. I'm going to have to take a backseat to Dan since he's going to be kind of the brainiac behind getting it all online and up to date. That was the image I had in my head, but I think Dan – would you be able to clarify that a little bit better for us as far as what's going to be available? Because I, I don't want to speak 
uh, yeah. what I know about. So I haven't even really been able to talk to you guys about this, but yeah. Uh, so you'll have the consensus rankings up there. We'll also have the tables for you to, be able to see all the individuals as well. Yes. That's going to be what that's going to be considered as on the website. You'll see a tab for it. it will be the Belly Up Writers Consensus Rankings, which you're going to see separate from that, which are actually going to wind up being my stuff. Is that you're going to see projections and rankings up probably around the same time or so. That's going to be my projections and rankings. It's going to be a little bit separate. So that'll be the official projections. I'll also have them ranked it out for that part of it. But you also have the Belly Up Writers Consensus Rankings. So you'll be able to look at both back and forth, and both will become available to you guys. That's awesome, man. The more content, the better. I love it. I'm so, I'm so excited to get this up. I dropped that last night on the uh, Into the into the lab podcast. I told everyone that Dan was the brainiac and he would come out with his own projections pretty soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for that because that is going to be hot, hot, hot. Uh, Houston, it's a little side quest, a little mini quest that we're working on, man, on Saturdays. Let everyone know where they can just come and hang out with us, ask us questions, possibly join. I know we've got a guy, Kevin, who will join us tomorrow from Twitter, uh, the Twitterverse. Uh, for our mock drafts, man. Let everyone know where they can follow us and do all that and what we're doing tomorrow because I didn't leak that out at all. Yeah, so every uh, Saturday we're going to plan on doing a mock draft. Uh, different league settings every week, you know, trying to see. We had a great draft last week doing an auction mock. Some guys went too high, some guys went too low. That's the fun. That's why we do mocks. And you're going to be able to mock with real belly of guys. You listen to us here, be able to mock with us. It's a fun time. Uh, usually around Saturdays, about 4 p.m. Central Time, uh, 5 Eastern is when we go live. Great turnout last week. I think at point we had over 100 live viewers, which is great for us. Um, continue to interact and chat. Uh, send us questions. Uh, and we'll answer them, anything you got. So it was fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure, Houston. That was a great time. I love doing that with you guys. Yeah. Uh, Zach, Tom, I know I got to go with you so we can get all y'all's rankings in too because I know people want to see Tom's hot takes and Zach's, you know, demeanor and how he loves his Detroit Lions, baby, and how Matt Stafford, SEC quarterback, is going to be number one this year. But before we close out, Dan, I know you had a couple things to say. I want you to kind of kick us off on leading us out of the show. First, tell them, tell everyone how you just came back from your hiatus and where they can follow you all your goodness, your consistency rankings that are come out, how you are the godfather of Belly Up Fantasy, and you're leading us to greatness, man. Let everyone know. Wow. Well, you guys have been doing a great job. That's first and foremost, and I could not have asked for a better team because to be able to go away for two weeks and not be able to miss a beat is really a gift to me in and of itself. Um, so you guys have been able to do a great job there. Yeah, we're back. Uh, we should be back once a week for my show, The Belly Up Sports' MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back on Friday afternoons every single week until the season starts, and then we'll be four episodes every week once that kicks off. You can follow me on Twitter at BellyUpMDFFShow. All the player news update notifications are coming out on there. I'll have when the projections for both uh, the Belly Up Fantasy Writers Consensus and mine will be up on the website hoping to get that done within the next week. We'll see how everything goes. It's been a little bit crazy here for me. Uh, but yeah, we have that going. I had the show that dropped earlier this week, and I'll be back here. I'm going to miss next week, guys, but I will be back here in two weeks on this show as well. I'm going to shout out to a comment, JT. Missy too, man. Uh, if you want to bring up Kaepernick, I just don't think he's very good. That's that's my take on him. Uh does he belong on an NFL roster? Possibly, but he's not going to be starting, I don't think. So, uh, like, 
speaking strictly fantasy wise, I don't have, I'm not going to have any exposure to him. I just don't, he wasn't good when he last played. I mean, Gabbert beat him out. I just don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant as far as that goes. I, I'm, I'm not going to have any exposure to him. I don't know. Do y'all want to add in? Do y'all, do y'all think he's going to be fantasy relevant? You nailed it. No, yeah. You can get back up we, somewhere. But we that's just need to close. <laughs> Unless he goes to the Patriots, he's not fantasy relevant. Over Cam? I'm just saying Trump came out. Goodell came out. They're pushing for this guy. I don't see anyone pushing for Cam except for maybe Saks Fifth Avenue. So let's move on. Tom, gonna close it out. Yeah, I think that's pretty – I think we covered the division. Uh, y'all well, have any- we got to say we're there, wherever we can follow them. Tom, you're up. Yeah, uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter, uh, BellyUpTom. Uh, also, make sure you check out uh, at BellyUpGaming uh, on Twitter and Twitch. Um, we currently have the Degenerates Madden Tournament going into the Final Four this weekend, so make sure you check that out. Uh, currently on Xbox, we'll be looking to get some more tournaments going on uh, on Madden going forward. Might be getting some fans involved, so make sure you're checking that out uh, as well. Zach, where can everyone follow you at, and what are you running on Puck Puck Pass this week? Yeah, so at it's Zach Mack is where you can find me on Twitter. I'll be uh, just blatantly honest with you guys. If you're looking for fantasy football content, you're not going to get it from me until closer to the season. I'm focusing a lot on hockey right now, which is trying to make its way back. They're trying to make it into phase three, which is July. starts July 10th. Um, at Puck Puck Pass is where you can find news there. Uh, like I said, my personal is at it's Zach Mack. I'm cracking jokes about the return of hockey right now because guys are testing positive and people are acting like it's surprising, but this virus has been around for three months. No positive test is surprising at this point. If you want to catch those jokes, check me out on Twitter. Houston, roll it, brother. Yeah, give me a follow on Twitter at Billy of Houston. I've been looking to be a little bit more interactive over there. Um, given uh tweet of the day, you know, I, I need – I need something to talk about these guys, something to talk about the Twitter community. So just, yeah, give me a follow, Billy of Houston. Also send me a message on there if you ever feel like you want to get into one of our mock drafts on Saturday. I'd be happy to have you. Yeah, everyone who's watching, thank you all so much for watching us, supporting us. We love you guys. The fantasy community is awesome. Make sure you follow each one of these guys, Dan, Tom, Ryan, Houston, and Zach on their personal Twitter accounts. Send them any sort of questions you have. Uh, answering a question real quick before I go into something else. Scott Davis, I'm sorry. I'm going to go over SEC stuff every day. I know you're Raider Nation. That's why I like Josh Jacobs. So that's besides the point. But if you and Justin want to get into our Madden tournament come the following one, because this one's already going to run through, but I know you guys love Madden, Scott and Justin. Get in touch with me, get in touch with Tom, and we'll get you in there on the next round and see if your skills on the stick can keep up. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. A little laugh face. I love it, Scott. Thank you so much, man, for participating and supporting. Uh, again, my name's Chris Pinto. I'm the host of Belly Up Fantasy Live, guys. You can follow me at, at Aggie Kappa Sig. Scott Davis is down, Tom. I'll get you his information. We'll get it on round two. Uh, follow me at Aggie Kappa Sig on Twitter. I love to talk to you guys. Uh, about hot takes that Tom has or that you have and see how crazy I am about my SEC guys. I want to thank Ernest Silva from into the, into the lab 
who had me on last night. I won some MLB stuff. Uh, he was on tonight. Great show with him. Next week, guys, we're going to have Gabby Gowdy uh, of Twitter, of Instagram, come on and talk with us about some football, fantasy football stuff. She's great. She's got big following, really good for the fantasy community. Uh, really appreciate everyone who's watching us at home, guys. Uh, thank you for supporting Belly Up Fantasy Live, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.